Why does it look like you're going to say something? Because I am, and then I forget instantly, man. <laughs> I really had something in my head, and I forgot. She said, <gasps> It doesn't come out. You know what I was just reminded of? You know the, the Halloween song? Yeah. What's the Halloween song? I was never good at, like, humming it, because I always get it jammed up with other songs. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the Michael Myers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See? No. Well, we saw Michael Myers this weekend. We did? I thought we were going to get massacred. Yeah, dude. Like, it was weird. It was creepy. A guy in a motorcycle in the middle of the street. And then he creepily turns around and looks at you. And he's just like with the mask, mm-hmm. right? His outfit, straight up. He yep. looked like he was going to shoot the place, but yep. creepy dude. Yep. And <sighs> what does everybody do? Pull out their phones and video. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Like those movies, like mm-hmm. the mask people. Yeah, I watched, uh, they did a, a, a reboot, remake, sequel of uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we, we watched it when it came out a few months ago. Yeah. And when Leatherface comes into the bus and instantly all the young Everyone. people take out their phones oh and start God. live streaming. Like, you like, don't realize this you're man gonna... is about to massacre you guys with a chainsaw and you guys are just... Taking out your phones. You guys are going to get canceled, bro. Yeah. Because they all thought it was a joke. Yeah. And now he's legit going to kill everybody. Killed everybody on the bus. Ugh. That's intense. Ugh. Anyway. And going back to... The nice things in life. <laughs> like what? Like what? Um, yum, yum, yum. Oh, the tournament. Oh, the tournament. Was that a nice thing? Yeah, nice yeah it was a nice thing. It was a very nice thing. We had a, a grappling tournament this past Saturday. Um, Aaron went two and two out of a very competitive division because I think there were 14 people in that division. Yeah. And then Mauricio took third place in the heavyweight division. Wow. Yes. After, so, and he nearly gave me a heart attack a few times. Yeah. What he started off strong. He broke a guy. He broke a guy. He went for a trip, and the dude had a bad knee to begin with, and collapsed. He just collapsed from that trip, and that was it. They stopped the match and gave it to Mauricio right then and there. Yeah. And I mean, it looked fake. Because Carla did say that, mm-hmm. and now that I look at it, it doesn't look like the guy just faked it. Well, we don't know what was wrong with that dude. I know, we don't, but was, then it just looks so he, funny. He well, not a, funny, but... He had it braced up. Yeah. Yeah, he must have messed it up mm-hmm. even bad, worse. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Hope it didn't break. But then Mauricio got a taste of what we get to go through when we grapple with him, because the second guy he went with was freaking... It's huge. 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 Taller than him, wider yeah. than him, heavier than him. Longer than him. Everything. And he's just, he did what Mauricio does to the rest of us. He got on top and stayed there. Yeah, man. You it's know? so hard for him to get up, though. And that one was a little, little sus, because the dude, I don't want to say that he got, like, a full takedown. I think there was a scramble to the ground. But wasn't that based on Mauricio shooting in? I think so. He shot in and yeah. landed on his, um, on his back, no? Yeah, I think... Mauricio tried to either throw him or, yeah, I think he tried to shoot him. No, something. Yeah, yeah I can't remember exactly, but Mauricio initiated the takedown, 
And it was just the dude ended up on top in, in half mount. Yep. And the referee throws up in seven points. Yeah, seven points and for nothing. And the dude got seven yeah. points for doing nothing. And that's what determined everything because he didn't do anything after that. Mauricio yeah. lost by the points. Yeah. You know? He but, wasn't even on full mount. Mm-mm. But then Mauricio acknowledged that guy was... Big. Really big, yeah. Was, you know, and I think that that hurt because this was Mauricio's first competition in eight years. Yeah, you know, time. so it, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was the second match, and then the third match, he lost by referee's decision because there's a whole lot of nothing going on. That that one, I was. There's nothing but slapping each other. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of aggressive hand fighting. Yeah, in that one. It, kind of, it got a little intense. Yeah, it looked like I the mean, referee was going to step in a few times to warn them or pull them apart. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, well, there's, the referee gave it to the other guy. That one did, and I, I started getting a little, the, the jitters and the, the anger rising. Yeah, I was like, come on, man. You can do better than this. And he knew it because he came off the mats and he was pretty upset with himself mm-hmm. after that match. And we thought he was done, mm. you know, but then they called him for one more uh, for for third place. He was going to compete for third place. Mm-hmm. And that guy, he tapped out. He submitted that guy. He came in more Mauricio-like because yeah. he... he Went for that Kimura that Mauricio always likes to go for and and rolled him and they scrambled and he yeah, ended he up with a heel a, hook. a side body lock and mm-hmm. took him down that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice. So I was like, where was this energy before? Yeah. You know, so you won that one and uh, that was good enough for third place because I think there was, uh, I want to say six guys in that division. Mm-hmm. And then the first guy getting hurt. And it threw off everything too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I don't think he could compete again. Yeah. And Pushed then, him up, maybe. Yeah, and then unfortunately Devin wasn't able to compete. They had no one in her division, so Yeah, I mean that sucks. Yeah. And she trained hard for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Had nice at least she had like when we found out about this what it was two weeks before the exam. And we found out that she signed up. When did that happen? Yeah, right? Yeah. It was two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, whoa. You know, it was nice, it was nice for her to take that challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, we were very happy for her. But, you know, when it's two weeks, you don't have a lot of time to train for it sometimes. But yeah. then that's where you put it in your mind that if you're going to go for a tournament, your mindset goes to competition mode. Yeah. So a lot of things do change where, you know, you step it up a little bit more at the gym and... You have people like you know, Mac, you coaching her through it and kind of teaching her, you know, how to handle herself while being mm-hmm. in bad positions and stuff like that. So she was putting in that work, like yeah. making sure that she's learning as uh, much as she could, you know. A quick two-week mm-hmm. kind of condensed camp for and stuff, you know. So it just it just sucks that things like that happen. But the the turn the organization gave her credit, so she can do the next tournament. Yeah, she can definitely do that. Intense. <laughs> no, I was just like thinking about the whole situation because it, it, it must suck. Like, you put in all the work, you know? Yeah. You know, and it's like we don't realize the amount of work it takes for a competition until you go through it. And then once you go through it and you see the how, how far you can go and how far you can push yourself. Mm-hmm. 
And then when you don't go through it, it's like, damn. But when you have a schedule, like Devin put, you know, Devin comes in four or five times a week at least. Yeah. You know, it, it becomes uh, one of those where she's, she stays ready, so she doesn't have to necessarily get ready. Yeah, So, you helps. know, with the physical part of stuff, like the training's always there, but what what messes with with all of us is, is the mental side of things. You know, yeah. we as soon as I... Because the two years that I trained at Victory uh, before I ended up fighting, yeah, it was always, I can't wait to fight, I can't wait to fight, I can't wait to fight. And then you get the, the text message from your coach, hey, we found an opponent for you. Yeah. Then everything becomes real. And it's like, yeah. oh shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that part was... Uh, and that was an interesting thing too because it, she did sign up two weeks before. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the nerves didn't necessarily... Kick in. Kick in until two weeks before, you know? So yeah. not only was was it continuing the physical side of the training, but now having to to deal with all the, the nerves that come with signing up for a tournament like that. Do you remember when you when you started fighting? Or this last time that you were going to fight and then you said, you know what, this is going to be like, you know, my full-line fight. And, mm-hmm. and then whatever happened with your opponents that the first one dropped out. Mm-hmm. Were you like upset or anything like that? Or did um, you, were you bummed out? Like, were you, I, I what, think, what was your mindset going through at the time? Do you remember? I think I, I was more bummed out, you know. I, I'm pretty sure we've we've gone into deeper detail about this uh, the story in previous podcasts. But, yeah. you know, I had my first fight. Didn't go so well. Um, we were going to bulk me up. I started changing my, my lifting regimen. Cardio regiment, still doing technique, but that's when I was going to work my technique by teaching. So then, you know, my coach had me teaching more classes and stuff. And then I blinked my eyes and five years had gone by since the fight. <laughs> and there's talks of me opening up a gym and stuff. And that's when I, was, I told everyone, hold on, time out. Yeah. I was like, I'm down for all of this, but Let me fight first. I, I got to get one more fight in that. Yeah. You know, just otherwise it's always going to be in the back of my head. Yeah. Let me, let me end my fight career even though it didn't go any way the way i imagined it right i was like let me at least end it on on my terms yeah of course you know so let me do one more and you know everyone involved in and the idea of me opening up a victory location was on board for it and they're like all right you know so i figured i was going to test for my black belt i was going to be in really good shape for the black belt i was going to piggyback that into a training camp Mm -hmm. uh to do a fight uh about what was that Three months after my black belt test, mm-hmm. so it would have been a three-month camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was—that that was going to be it. I was—I was, I was going to call it a day. I was like, "All right, I'm going to focus now on running a business and, and coaching." Um, and then, yeah, the fight card was the the promotion that I was going to compete under. I, that, and the, once I saw what they were doing. That's what really started giving me the itch to to fight mm-hmm. again, um, because I liked what they were doing. You know, they were very, they are very professional. They do everything real well. They promote the fighters really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went in for a photo shoot and stuff, and I was talking to the guy that was there before me, and you know, we were just talking, going back and forth and stuff. And then the matchmaker was the guy that was taking the pictures, and he mm-hmm. told me he's like, "That's the guy that you're matched up with." Mm. So I was like, "Cool." He's like, I didn't want to say anything while you guys were talking because I don't want to start anything and I'm still waiting for his coach's approval. 
Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, cool. A few weeks went by, and then the matchmaker texted me. He's like, you know, the coach never got back to me, so we're just going to go ahead and give you someone else. You know, so the first, it was like, all right, you know, whatever. The, that guy that I was talking to said that he had only started training three months prior. Mm. to that day so I was like I had already been doing this a few years yeah. you know so I was like it's probably for the best that I, I don't get him yeah um, so yeah and then I got the second guy and I was like cool fine whatever and he had a few fights he had a losing record but I think he had about three or four fights mm. um, already and they set me up with him and I was like cool I was I'll take it. And then it was a week before the fight. Maybe a week and a half before the fight. Mm-hmm. The matchmaker uh, texts me. He's, he's out. Aye, aye, aye. So he broke his arm. I was like, <laughs> really? That one was, was a disappointment. Um, but I... I was disappointed, not necessarily shocked because I kind of did jinx myself because I had just finished, I think I was talking to Carla about it, because Mark had taken over the last four weeks of the training camp Mm -hmm. and I felt like I improved so much on so many things in those four weeks working with Mark that I had made the comments like, even if I don't get to fight this, the last four weeks of this camp was totally worth it. You know, so I threw it up in the universe, and the universe is like, I hear you. All right, cool. And then, like, a day later is when I got that text message that my opponent had dropped out. Wow. You know, so I was like, it's a week and a half. There's no way they're going to find a replacement in a week and a half. Yeah. You know, so I was, it was also, you know, going to be my first weight cut because I didn't have to weight cut, uh, cut weight for the first fight. So I was already in the process of cutting weight mm. when I got news that the fight was, was out. You know, so I, I started going back to eating the things that I liked. And then I get a uh, text message from the matchmaker about five days before the fight was supposed to happen. Mm. I get a text message from him. He's like, call me. I was like, okay. I call him. He's like, we got a last minute replacement for you, but it'd be a catch weight. Because the fight was going to be at 125 pounds. He's like, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a catch weight at 130. Uh, which worked out for me because I had already started eating again. Right. You know, so I was like, all right, cool. Then Let's do it. Not a, I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm in. You know, and then I went from disappointed to now excited again. Yeah. And then I show up the day of the weigh-ins, and then the matchmaker taps me on the shoulder, pulls me to the side. He's like, he's not coming. Oh, my gosh. And the disappointment and a little bit of frustration because I was hungry and I was thirsty because yeah. I was dehydrating to to make weight. Yeah. And he's like, he's not coming. He's, he's like, coming. he his coach says that he'll be here. The gym owner says he's not coming. His mom was in a car wreck. Of course. So I was like, cool. <laughs> you know, so it, 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 it was difficult. I mean, I wasn't necessarily like heartbroken or distraught like I was I had teammates that fought one of my teammates fought the first guy I was matched up with you know so I still showed up to the fights and stuff and you know I was there as a a spectator because I wasn't coaching I wasn't fighting so it was one of the first or one of the few times that I've gone to an amateur event like that Mm -hmm. um to just enjoy the fights and just 
be a fan of the sport again. Yeah, of course. You know, so that was cool. But it was, like, obviously disappointing. You know, I had a lot of people buy tickets. Um, and the promotion saw that. They saw that I had a lot of people there. You know, so the promoter, Brian, was was really good with me. He pulled me, after the event, he pulled me into his office. And he was all, you know, I'm really sorry that this happened. I told him, you know, this was supposed to be my, my last fight. You oh know, I'm going to open gosh. up a gym. And he's like, you got to give me one. I was like, if I do one more, it'll be with you guys. I promise you that. Yeah. You know, so I, I have it with Fight Card that if I ever did fight again, it would be with him. Yeah. With, with that promotion, you know. But after, after the fights, you know, and I went back into training and stuff. And I finally took the time to reflect, you know, because I wasn't answering. Everyone was texting. was like, so you're not fighting? What's going on? Like, some people wanted their yeah, money back. Of course. You know, so once everything started dying down, I got time to reflect on, on how I really felt by it. Yeah. You know, because it was supposed to be my last one because of, not because of anything physically, but just because of the timing of things. Yeah, of course. You know, if I'm going to open a gym, I'm going to put my focus on that. Yeah. You know, so I was like, that that was that was it. That was, that was my chance yeah. to to do the one more. You know, Dang. but. Like I said, you know, it was that training camp was worth it. Working with Mark changed a lot for me. You know, that that's when I really felt like I had confidence in my striking. I had confidence in cage control. You know, and and ground and pound was a big one that he kept reminding me. He's like, as soon as you get to a dominant position and control, you need to start hitting him. Yep, you dominant know? positioning control. So there there were no regrets, and it didn't feel like. I wasted my time, which was what I thought I was going to feel. You know, I was like, I put in all this work for nothing. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I got better as a martial artist. I got better as a human being. I got to see what my body, how far I can push my body. Because there were some of those camps that uh, Mark put me through. It was just... When you mean like, you know how sometimes it's kind of like hard to put in words how you can push yourself. Yeah. And you've been... You've been doing the sport for a long time, but like how how were you pushed in that sense when it came to your fight camp as opposed to other times that you trained at you know, at the gym and stuff? So like with the first camp and with Anthony, he he was really big on conditioning, you know. So mm-hmm. we do the technique stuff, we do our sparring and then we'd go through strength and conditioning. You know, and Anthony was real big on circuit training, and that's how I got into circuit training, too. Mm-hmm. You know, but Anthony pushed us like that. You know, we were hitting tires. We were running sprints. We were picking people up and carrying them. We were doing these many push-ups, these many squats, and mm-hmm. all these things. Anthony was very creative when it came to, to right. making these workouts. Mm-hmm. You know, so that taught me something, especially as one of the smaller guys in the gym. Yeah. How much physically I can match strength with people that are bigger than me Mm -hmm. you know so it it taught me how to use that strength it taught me that i was stronger than what i was it taught me that i can last longer than i thought i could it taught me that i was faster than i thought that i was you know with with mark it was a lot of just mental stuff and actual fight oriented things like strategy wise strategy wise but most importantly just being able to adapt to anything you know, because he would have me spar with one guy for 45 seconds and then he'd bring in another guy for a minute and a half and oh then a third gosh. guy for, so it was three we different doing guys in one round, three different guys in one round 
for five rounds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you're constantly getting someone fresh too. Ooh. You know, and you go from someone short to someone tall. So it's like, all right, I just got used to punching a shorter person. Now I gotta fight this taller person. Right. You know, all within a heartbeat. Dang. You know, so there, those rounds were very rough on me, um, simply be, because of that, but also because they were, he was holding those practices Sunday mornings. Okay. I'm used to training at night. Mm. So you were tired. So I was already tired, yeah. hungry. I'm used to having a little bit of fuel in me when I, when I train. Ooh. Were you not eating because... Practice started at 9 a.m. So I had to leave my house by 8.15 to get on, get to the gym on time. Ooh. You know, so it was like I either wake up super early and eat something. Right, so you don't puke it all out. Or I sleep. <laughs> oh, you know, so man. I opted for sleep over, over breakfast. Oof. You know, so that, that made it rough, you know. And, and I was sparring with guys like Brandon, Zach, Mac. You Big know. guys. So I, I had good sparring partners for that. You know, but that, there were days where, you know, Brandon hit me and I saw three of them. My <laughs> head snapped back and when I brought my myself yeah. back, there was three of them. You know, and I just remember trying to look out the window and just seeing a bright white light. I couldn't yeah. even see outside because of how tired and exhausted I was. Yeah. You know, and then Mark's like, all right, two more rounds. Oh, uh, my God. I'm and, dead. Yep. You know, so I, I learned a lot, you know, and it was very frustrating the first the first training, uh, the first practice I had with Mark was very hard. And I was very, very hard on myself. I thought those were the worst rounds that I ever did. Yeah. You know, so I recorded the rounds after that. And then I was like, oh, you know, it's not as bad as I thought. Yeah. You know, but all of that. Why, why, when you say you're hard on yourself, what could, what does your mind go, your mind literally go to? That I'm not good enough for this fight. I shouldn't be fighting. Mm. I was like, there's no way that I'm going to survive a fight if I'm getting beat up this bad in practice. Wow. But I'm you fighting going against... people that have been training for a long time, wow. but also people that were fresh as I'm getting tired. Yeah, you went through three rounds and they're just a brand new person. You yeah. know, because Anthony would have the conditioning stuff at the end of the sparring. Mm -hmm. Mark kind of had that at the beginning. Mark's warm-ups were insane. It was a combination of, of jumping rope, running, and ground and pound on the back. He made you per he purposely made you tired. Yeah, and then we got into the spot. Oh my god! So take all your gas tank, yeah. essentially. Yeah, you know. So. But that's what it means to push you through the, the gas tank through the pains mm -hmm. and stuff because then you see what your body could do while yeah. you're tired. Yep. So you yeah. can imagine when you're fresh. Yeah. And that's what that's what it came down to, and that's why after the last practice with Mark, I was really excited to fight. You know, I didn't have fun the first time around, and I told myself, "This is why you're doing it again. Yeah, this is the last time you're gonna do it. So fucking enjoy it." Yeah, you know. So I was I was excited for it. You know. So when it didn't happen, obviously it was disappointment. But like I said, the, you learned so much from I, it. I learned so much from it, and I think Mark and I built a stronger bond from it. To the point where Mark still comes in and, and, and works with the guys and stuff, yeah. you know. So, for me, it was it was worth it, you know. It, it sucked that I didn't get to fight. I got to watch my teammate beat the guy that I was supposed to fight. And I still got to watch those fights with my friends and family that were still... A lot of them still came out to support even though I didn't fight anymore. 
Like, did you feel at some point like bad to the people that went, yeah. that wanted to support you and stuff? Yeah, yeah, you know, and the tickets that I had and the tickets that I was giving out and the money that I was collecting from people, I anybody that didn't want to go, I gave their 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 tickets back because Vanessa and Omar, good friends of ours, they were in the process of moving to a different state mm-hmm. and they were going to make time to come out to watch the fight. Mm. You know, so I made time to make sure to go get their money back and get the tickets back from them. Um, you know, so I got to spend some time with them before they left, which turned out to be a blessing in disguise, you know, that I went to go get the tickets. So I spent like a good hour, two hours with them from that, you know, but I did feel the people that were there and maybe didn't know because some people bought the tickets directly from, from Fight Card. Yeah. So I had old training partners that showed up, mm. you know, and they saw me and they're like, shouldn't you be getting ready? I was like, three guys dropped out. Oh, and they're man. Like, they're like, damn kind of here to see you fight yeah i was like sorry <laughs> you know and it, so that part sucked yeah how did you do how were you able to deal and how did you manage your doubt that you had where you didn't feel like you were good enough at that moment that it happened you know i uh i started studying my rounds it was just something i never did mm. you know and that's when I also learned another valuable lesson about the sport is you got to watch yourself. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Literally watch yourself back. You know, Some of us get embarrassed of just watching. I, I hated watching myself. Like, yeah. My parents showed up to all my wrestling matches. They recorded every single one of them. Out of, I don't know how many matches I've had, but out of all the matches that I had, I only watched one of them. Mm. And that's because it ended up on YouTube. Mm. That and that, thankfully, the one that ended up on YouTube, I think, was my best match that I had. It was mm. my, the last match I had of my freshman year, okay. and that was the best match that I had. And I was watching, and I was like, "Oh, that's what I look like when I wrestle. Cool." It's time it's bad. Yeah, you know, but that I think because it was the last match of the season, that habit didn't carry over to the second season. Mm. And I never watched my matches back from there. Mm. And I didn't want to watch these. I was like, why do I want to see myself get punched in the face? It's just going to discourage me more. But I watched it. I was like, it's, it's not bad. Yeah. And instead of looking at them as, okay, this is why I'm getting punched. Yeah. You were just looking at how I'm getting punched. You know, yeah. instead of seeing like, okay, maybe this is where I can move or this is how I need to move or there's, here's the opening, you know? I, I'm my own biggest critic. Yeah. You know, I, I expect a lot out of me because I know what I'm capable of I was obviously there when I was training constantly so I know what I'm able to do you know so if sometimes getting hit once because I was like oh that shouldn't have happened it amplifies and I I might have just gotten punched once in the round and punched the other person like 20 times yeah but I'm still gonna just remember that one punch that they got on me you know, because even when I did the the exhibition match with Caesar in June, I was like, "This guy's fucking me up. I gotta take him down. I can't. I have no answers for his strikes and everything." But then I watch it back, and I was like, "You know, I'm throwing punches back at him every time he throws at me." Where do you think that comes from? Uh, being being a, so hard on yourself, like yeah, it's just one mistake. Yeah, it's. What do you think that comes from? Honestly, it's something that I think I've always dealt with maybe out of the insecurities that I had that started from wrestling you know it was like 
I want to be better, but I also don't want to be better. What do you mean? It's like, I, I started viewing, once I realized that I didn't want to wrestle anymore, I didn't want to lose on purpose, but I also wasn't trying to win, especially the days we had tournaments, because the more that I won, the more matches I had. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was like, I don't want to be the guy that doesn't try and just lets the other person pin me, you know? And so it was like, I, I was almost content in being where I was as a wrestler. And if you beat me, it was like, all right, you beat me. Good job. If I beat you, it was like, all right, cool. I beat you. And like, I I lost the, the passion for it. Not that I, I don't think I had the passion for wrestling as I was wrestling. I think I really developed the passion for the sport of wrestling once I started MMA, mm. you know, and, and that was my, my problem with the sport when mm. I was doing it, mm. you know, but when it comes to MMA, because that's what I really wanted to get better at, because I knew what I went through in wrestling, I didn't want that to happen again in MMA. And so I, was, I think that's when I became very strict with myself. Um, I knew... Sort of almost like you just didn't give yourself a chance to make mistakes. Yeah. You know, cause or I knew, at least, you know, like acknowledge, okay, my stuff, let me just deal with it at the moment. But you just went straight on like, I can't make mistakes. You mm-hmm. know, and you're so hard on yourself. I, I knew that I had to rely on technique because people were bigger than me. And the position that I was in at the gym also put pressure on me to not mm. make mistakes. You know, because it's like I'm teaching classes. Like who wants to learn from someone that's making all these mistakes? And then that's where the insecurity of wrestling, because you were losing so many matches, yeah. you're like, oh man, like who's going to look up to someone that continuously loses? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know, so that that's where added pressure came mm. on as well. You know, so when you watch yourself back, it's like, and you just focus on what's going on in that round, all of those insecurities go away because now you have something to to occupy your brain because you're getting those visuals for what it is not adding anything that your brain maybe thought it saw and don't you think that sometimes too what what it does create though is a new goal Mm -hmm. you know because you have all these assumptions about how you think you look because you got beat up yeah in reality you didn't get beat up you just got punched once Mm -hmm. and then instead of like seeing seeing it for what it is you put those ideas in your head but then when you watch yourself, you're like, oh, wait, actually, I need to work on something else. Yeah. So that kind of and clear. I've always lessons. said that's what I love the most about the sport. As soon as you figure something out about yourself and you get better at what you weren't good at. Yeah. Then you find something else that you need to work on. Yeah. You're constantly working on getting better. You're never going to reach perfection in the sport. Yeah. You know, and that's what I love it so much. And that's what is becoming harder and harder to tell people. Because everyone in this world strives for perfection. Yeah, but it's like, where do you, where do you think you need to be perfect at? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you can't be a, a robot. You can't be a trained robot. You have to make mistakes. Mistakes are part of how you learn and progress. There's no such thing as a perfect fighter. Yeah, that's the thing. Everyone has has their flaws, so that that's where a lot of my pressure came from. Mm-hmm. I remember there was like one at some point even just talking about remember like about your parents and how you know back then even before the wrestling like you were you were put in this image that you need to be like your dad right mm-hmm. 
And so you're like, okay, now you need to have the good grades and do all these things. Mm. And then at some point you're like, no, I want to be my own person. Yeah. <laughs> so you start wrestling. Yeah. But then that kind of like that mindset of I need to be perfect kind of, you know, added on to your wrestling. Even though a wrestling at some point because you start losing, you're like, fuck it, I'm just going to give it, mm-hmm. you know. But then it's just a lot of it is just, okay, continuation. Like, it, it, what is it? Um, it goes from one thing to another and it just can. And if you don't establish it at the moment, you kind of just spread it. Yeah. And it, sometimes it adds things that it doesn't need, even need to be there. Because it, it, it becomes a habit for you to, to feel that way or think that way or, or do things a certain way that it just carries on to everything else that you do. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what it was. It was like I, I had the pressure in school and I didn't respond well to the pressure. Mm. And then I put pressure on myself in wrestling and then didn't respond well there. And then I put pressure again when I fought and it didn't go well there. You know, so and then even when I was coaching, because you brought it up yesterday. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I was a little bit more relaxed and calm. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, we had less people participating in the tournament that we usually do. Yeah. Um, but you asked me at the end, is like, you know, how did you not have the nerves like you did before? I was like, honestly, I wasn't, I, I didn't go in with the mentality like, all right, it's first place or nothing, mm. you know, because that's how I would go into these tournaments is thinking that. Mm. I didn't say that once during getting ready for this grappling tournament. I was like, we're going to go in there and obviously we're going to win something. Win. Yeah. You know, but we're we're gonna focus on the performance, you know, mm-hmm. and with Mauricio, eight years is a long time of not competing, you yeah. know, and, and that man he inspired me because it was like that's the boat that I'm on. It's been nine years since I competed, you know, and, and I, I get those doubts, you know, and that was the point of the in house event. But even after the in house event I was like, damn, you know, what if I can't do this physically anymore? But... You know, and Mauricio just showed he's like, You can. You know, because he also was going through a really bad knee injury for most of this training camp, Mm -hmm. you know, where I didn't think he was going to do the tournament until he texted me the day before that he was still in because he hadn't been in practice in a week and a half. And he told me, he's like, my knee's feeling better. I didn't want to destroy it in practice. I'd rather destroy it at the tournament, Mm. you know, because it was a nagging knee injury that wasn't getting better, Mm. you know, so the knee injury, eight years out of competition yeah he has he he gets anxious and nervous like everybody else does too yeah you know and he's recognized where he made mistakes in some of those matches and he turned things around and he took third place mm-hmm. you know so that that was an inspiring to see as a coach yeah you know and you said inspiring to see as a coach as in you being an individual who can potentially compete or you're just saying that you can continue to you know train the way that you can, you know because mm-hmm. essentially you enjoy it. But then again, you can't hold yourself back, right? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. A little bit <laughs> of both, yeah, yeah. Because the nagging injuries with the toe, when we yeah. talked about it, is like maybe it's not gonna be one hundred percent in any time soon. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you still can't train certain things. Yeah. You know, and you just gotta live with it. What we kind of came up with the toe was. A lot of it's mental, a lot of it's that fear and, mm-hmm. you know, me tensing up because I'm, I know that it was hurt for a long time, you know, so now I was putting it in my head that it's not hurt anymore and I yeah. can do stuff again. 
And that's, know, because it's fine yeah. like 99% of the time, but then as soon as I decide, okay, now I'm going to train, now I'm going to spar, now I'm going to roll, that's when my soul starts hurting. Yeah, I remember in the conversation with the girls on Friday, Karina had said how proud she was of her coming back despite her injury with her toe mm-hmm. as well. But then I also think about, like, she even mentioned after that, like, it's traumatizing to go back to the same thing of that, the, that injured injury. that toe, mm-hmm. you know? But it's like, it, it is a true thing because I went through that. After the Achilles, I was so nervous, remember? I used to just, mm-hmm. I mean, not anymore, but the nervousness was there, the anxiety is there because it's like, damn, I sparred and this is how I got injured. Yeah. And now I'm moving again and I feel like I'm going to get injured again. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of us go through that mental block. It's like, damn, this is where I got injured. And I'm putting myself there again. Yeah. And your body almost feels it. And yeah. like, even though nothing's happened yet, your body's already <laughs> like, oh, here it goes. Here it no, goes. But it's not. It's just your mental. It's just your mentality. Mm-hmm. At that moment, just your brain is wired to think the worst yeah. every time, even though it's not really there. So what do you do? Ask me. What do you do? That's, I'm honestly still trying to figure it out, you know, mm-hmm. but that's where where discipline has to take over, mm-hmm. you know, because your discipline will keep you going. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's gone for me because there's so many days where I didn't feel like doing it. I was scared to do it. My toe wasn't feeling it. Back wasn't feeling it. Hips weren't feeling it. Long day of teaching, long day of phone calls or emails or whatever the case is, you know, but I've all those years that I spent training is what built the discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have the motivation to do something, you got to take advantage of that. Yeah. You know, knowing that that motivation is not going to last, but you take the advantage of that so that you can build the repetitions you need to be disciplined. Yeah. So that once the motivation runs out, you can keep going. Mm. And that's, I think, the closest thing to an answer that I can give you because, I'm, I'm like I said, my, my back still gives me problems on occasion. And it's just, you know what? I don't feel like doing anything today. But then I do it. <laughs> yeah. I think one thing to also point out is how despite the the aches and pains, it makes it all worth it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's more so the mental space and that mental freedom that you get after you do it. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of us, we're older, we're getting older. Our bodies are not going to function the same way we, we when they were 21, 18 mm-hmm. years old, you know? Like, I don't believe that there's any mixed martial arts fighter that doesn't have at least something that's off, you know? Like, either their knee hurts, and if they hips overdo back, it, yep. their hips back, something's going to hurt. Maybe not painful, but soreness. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even sore. Stiffness. Stiffness. Like, there's always something that goes on in your body. But every, you have to push through it. Yeah. You got to take care of it. Be smart when you train. But you, you go through that. It and just doesn't go away. What I'm, The other part I'm still trying to learn is, is listening to my body. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes it's it's my brain or my emotions telling me, you know what? You should take a break. Mm. You know? But then I was like, is it my mind telling me I should take a break? Or is it my body that's yeah. telling me that I should take a break? Yeah. You know, because when the body says, hey, you're running hard. I'm not going to make it. It breaks. It breaks. <laughs> it It'll is. make you take a break. Yeah. By breaking. Um, you know, and that's where you learn. Maybe okay. since I'm fighting myself so much about whether I need to take a break or not, right away is just lowering the intensity of the workout. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like even if there's a little bit of doubt if I should be working out, 
or if I should be going at this intensity, I immediately bring it down a little bit just mm-hmm. in case it's like, you know what? And then in the middle of the workout, I was like, all right, I, I feel, feel good. I'm not, yeah, there you now go. Now we can, we can go back to what we had originally planned maybe. Yeah. You know? But. Yeah, and that's, and that's where it ties in with the all or none mentality that I think a lot of people have. Yeah. It's just, just because you're not training as hard as you want to all the time does not mean your training is not worthwhile. And I'm going to use that as an opportunity to give a shout out to April. Hey. Who potentially could have really yeah. injured her ankle a few weeks ago. Yeah. I When I saw it, I thought for sure. It was broke. It was broke. Yeah. And the way she responded to the injury, I thought it was for sure broke. Yeah. And she was up and about two days later. Obviously limping, obviously not putting full weight on it. Yeah, of course. You know, but... Because she told me that day, she's like, I do not have time to be injured. <laughs> uh-huh. And I'm, you know me, I'm a mindset guy. Yep. You know, but not in a million years did I think that she would. you can have a strong enough mindset yep. to heal as an ankle injury like that. That looked the way that it looked as fast as she's doing it. Yep. You know, that happened a early, week a week ago. One week. One week. And she's you know, already and she's And she's... Coming to the gym, she's not doing everything we're doing, but she's hitting the bag, sitting down, she's yep. ground and pound, she's doing out. her push-ups, she's doing her firecrackers, her whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and when we get to the ground stuff, she jumped in a little bit for that too, Yeah. you know, so she's still doing what she can. If she had that all or nothing mentality, she wouldn't be doing anything, mm-hmm. you know. And but... would have been stuck at home miserable. Mm-hmm. And that's where... Again, it's always important to bring that support system because we talk to her, you know, I go, I've been through that. I've said it out loud. I've told people even I'm anywhere on social media, like you can still work through stuff. You yeah. don't have to be suffering all by yourself. Yeah. You know, so it's like always think about the things that you can do while it happens and don't focus on the things that you can't do at the moment. Mm-hmm. Always find ways to better yourself, even if it's mind, like mentally for that mental freedom, because even just talking to anybody at the gym, a lot of them say, oh, I'm here because it, it just helps me forget about the troubles at home, yeah. the stress. So they go to the gym, obviously, for the workout, but they feel so relieved afterwards. Yeah. So don't just, don't take that away from yourself. Mm-hmm. Keep that. Come to the gym. You don't have to train like everybody else. You might feel a little bit left out, but if you just need that mental space, mm-hmm. that that safe space is just remove your your brain from the daily stresses of life then do it yeah like how many times like she she's been at the gym consistently even though she's not like training with just everybody but she's still putting in work and that's all that matters yeah so it's not a waste of time it's only wasted when you waste it and she's not getting ready for any tournaments any fights or anything like that She's doing it for just herself. for herself. Yeah. She told the story of how, like, her family knows now. Yeah. Like, when she's having, just go to the gym. You'll feel better after yeah. you go to the gym. Because they've recognized the difference and stuff. Yeah. You know, and I'm the same way. I and mean, her and I had a conversation the other day where it's like, a lot of people think that, you know, you're tired and going to the gym is going to make you even more tired. But going to the gym actually gives us energy, you know, and... Yep. and the the past week that I I feel like I was getting you know approaching a burnout and stuff and I'm trying to figure out like what is it do I need do I need a day off do I need to take some time off again do I need a vacation do I need to you know stop working out but I was like 
I would, I need to work out, you know? So I pushed myself during my workouts a little bit harder when I felt like I was burnt out Mm -hmm. and it gave me so much energy and I was back on my feet and feeling good again. Yeah. And by pushing myself a little bit further in my workout. That's why sometimes it's so hard to differentiate whether it's is your body or your mind yeah. playing games with you. Yeah. Because I think a lot of it with you is not even, I mean, your body yet it gets sore and stuff, but it's your mind that mm-hmm. has the mental burnout because of the business. Yeah. The, the the struggles and the finances, administrative stuff. Like, now that I that I see you behind the scenes and always, and always seeing you go through. The finances stuff, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. damn, you go through a lot. Mm-hmm. Not just that, like, the marketing, making sure that everyone's okay at the gym, continuing to be there for the students as a coach, as a friend. As making a sure that the curriculums continue Like, curriculums continue, right? It's, it's a lot going on to yeah. it. It's not just, it's not just this, it's everything it's else. It's not just me working from 6 to 7.30, 7.30 to 9 no. on the class schedule, you know, there, there's more to it, you know, and... As crazy as it sounds, it's like having a hard workout in the middle of all of that is what makes me feel better. Yeah. You know, but that's that's the way we are. That's why we do the things that we do at the gym. And that everyone that's going to the gym can probably vouch for that. Yeah. And I think that's why the ones that are consistent still do it. Mm-hmm. No matter what. No matter what their schedule is. No matter how busy they are. Mm-hmm. That's, that is what it is. Yeah. It was nice to hear one of the girls did say that she she says that she goes through a lot of um, you know mental stress. She feels a lot of people's energies, mm-hmm. and so she gets soaked into that heavy energy. And mm-hmm. when she goes to the gym, she lets it out. And she says that she feels so much better afterwards. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm so glad that it does that for you, because we all need that sometimes to feel drained, emotionally, mentally. But then we go to the gym, and it goes away. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't go away, but you learn how to manage it better. Mm-hmm. You know, just it's about learning how to manage it at the moment. And if at the very least it's ninety minutes where you don't have to think about it. Yeah, there you go. You know, you might think about it right away after the class is over, but at least you got ninety minutes of not thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. and it helps. Mm-hmm. You just have to trust the process. Yes, it's a. Uh... It's a long process for some. It's a difficult process for some, but we all go through the process and we all are better off for it at the end of it. Not even at the end of it, but just through the progress of it because I'm nowhere near the end of my process. Do you use this mentality for your business? I'm learning to. Learning to? Yes. Um... Yeah, without going into too much detail, it was like last, well, technically this year, um, you know, when we're getting ready for taxes and I got my accountant and he tells me all the things I'm doing good, all the things I'm doing bad when it comes to the, yeah, of course. This is the finances and stuff, you know, but he had put things in perspective for me that I never really thought about. And then I was like, oh shit, you know, he's like, you know, for a relatively new business for a pandemic year that we had last year and the year prior, he's like, you're doing very well. Mm. He's like, but because of how well you did during this time and how big of a jump it was, he's like, 
what you need to be careful of is not expecting this big of a growth again. Mm. He's like, you want to be consistent be with consistent, your growth. Be consistent, but don't expect this giant leap that you had this year. Mm. Because this was a big leap that we had. Mm. You know, so I was a little bit more, after I had that conversation with him, I was a little bit more mindful. And I actually was doing things that I never did in the previous years of running the business. And I would go through the numbers a little bit more in detail yeah. um, every month. Mm-hmm. Like at, at the, the beginning of the month, once one month was done, I would look at that month and was like, all right, this is, this is what we brought in. This is what we spent. This was the, um, the margins at the end of the day mm-hmm. or at the end of the month. Uh, and I, I had never done that, you know, but now it kind of gave me something to look at that was a little bit more quote unquote realistic than the numbers that I had last year because of how big of a jump it was, mm. you know, so it kind of gave me an idea of what's normal, what should be normal. And it also gave me that a little bit of a push to like, all right, this is where we're at. We can be better. Mm. You know, it's good. And just like in training, you know, Anthony always said, it's good. Let's go from good to great. Mm, okay. So every month I look at the numbers. I was like, all right, this is good. Now let's go from good to great. Got it. You know, and that's what we hit. And, you know, as soon as I saw this past month that just went by, did the same thing that I've been doing the past few months. And I looked at it, I was like, all right, mm. I felt good. The numbers used to scare the crap out of me. I used to be, I used to dread the end of the month. I was like, yeah. you know, what's going to happen? You know, and even our worst month this year and last year is like twice as good as our average the first year we were open. Yeah. You know, so, so you see the, the benefits of keeping track of your progress. Too. Yeah. And that's where we just talked about the whole watching yourself mm-hmm. because now you're keeping track of what you're doing right, what yep. you're doing wrong. And it's the same thing with your business. Yeah. You keep track of what's going on. So that that's where I'm kind of learning that because mm. for me, my biggest stress always came from the business side of things. Oof. I've gotten not comfortable, but I've gotten to manage the stresses of coaching and teaching a lot better because obviously I've been doing that longer than running the business. Yeah. You know, so now I'm trying to apply everything that eases my nerves or eases my anxieties when it comes to training, coaching, teaching. Yeah. And now applying those things to the business as well. Mm. Applying the things that I learned through sport to try to also use it on the business too. That's good. Do you remember um, one of the goals that the girls asked you? Remember? Uh, we were in the... It was a Friday After and they're the, like, what yeah. was, what's your, what's this new year's goal? Yeah. Remember? What did you tell them? I told them I want at least three of them to do a graphing tournament next yeah, year. Yeah. Just put it on the universe. Yep. I have my eyes on which ones I want. We'll there see if it go. happens, you know, and yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see, you know, but people surprise me all the time, you yep. know? So if it's a girl that maybe I'm not expecting or maybe <laughs> right? a girl that hasn't started with us yet and she does it, Yep. you know, but that, that's my goal, you know, the, Devin took a big step mm-hmm. to sign up for this tournament. Um, fortunately, it didn't happen. It's not her time yet. Um, but that time is coming. You mm-hmm. know, and the time for a bigger representation of the women athletes that we have at the gym, I think, is also coming too. And I'm very excited about that. I've been yeah. really happy with the progress that the girls have been making in yeah. the, the Friday 
mm-hmm. spine. Um, that's what it's only maybe two months old at this point. Yeah, we're doing you better. Know, we're and, even spending time together. And yeah, that that's the the biggest part that I like to see. It was obviously we work hard, but then seeing all the girls stick around and yeah. then they get food and whatever and stuff. It was like and, stuff. Get and to they know stick each around other. exactly, you know. And I was like, this is what training should be. Yeah. You know, so real appreciative of of all that and the growth that I've seen on Fridays. That's great. And the only way for us to continue to grow is that we continue to want to grow. Mm-hmm. And we will. Yeah. So I'm glad that you put it out in the universe. So yeah. now you say it and it's going to happen. Yeah. You know. At least one girl is going to come. Yeah. You know, so we'll be all right with that. So that's that. Yeah. Nice. A lot of stuff that came up from just one weekend but that's <laughs> that's reflection right there that's yeah take one little thing and then see how deep you can you can take go it, with right? that yeah you know and that's how you really learn a lot about yourself you know so thank you guys for listening to that self-reflection of a weekend <laughs> essentially <laughs> um you can see pictures of it i think we got a few pictures i don't know how many videos we got at the tournament Maybe, a few. I'm gonna post them throughout the week. Maybe a few. So yeah, um, we, we have a few. We follow all the social media pages. Mine are Taz, MMA underscore fitness. Yep. Um, Nanny's Instagram is Nanny underscore MMA underscore CMM. The yeah, gym's Instagram, which we never plug, is Warrior Evolution MMA. <laughs> you said um, we never plug. And Nanny's on YouTube and Patreon at Nanny MMA. Subscribe. And I think that's it, no? That's it. So thank you guys for listening, and we will see you back next week. Bye. Bye.